This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello there, Palace people. Producer Tom here with a quick apology for tonight. Uh, beginning of the show, it's it's a little bit messed up. It's a little bit all over the place. Uh, that's my bad. First show back this season. A little bit rusty, but don't panic. The show goes on and it's fine after that. And producer Mikey will be back next week. So normal service will be resumed. So apologies for that and enjoy listening. Thanks. Bye. Previously on Homestale Radio. Why, do you want to go out and buy another keeper, Nick? No, no, I'm just adding to the show. Somehow. <laughs> Questionable. Yeah, we'll, we'll be the judges of that, I think. On the left, he really left Soiree exposed. Exposed. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Joe, exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, talking to, uh, to Chris Grierson on the Eagles team, whatever it's called, uh, digital membership Eagles thing, you know what I mean. That's a, that's <laughs> punchy. That's a punchy title. <laughs> a punchy title, that's, that's what they named it. It's, um, yeah, obviously digital I was consulting. Crystal Palace members videos. Yeah, that one, yeah, that would be. Dot com. <laughs> when we've got Yannick and, and Whiff. Whiff? Whiff. That's Wiff. what I thought you said, Whiff. <laughs> Whiff. I'll tell you what, the folks sitting next to me yesterday really whiffed. This, this eight-year-old boy went with me last time. He was asking questions and questions and wouldn't leave my side. This time he just ran away because I sang along to the Kaiser Chiefs. You're not my dad. I don't want anybody <laughs> dying. I'm related to you. Oh. Look, um, Is that a Kaiser Chief song? <laughs> yeah. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and tonight I am your host for the show. Finally, the No. Do you know what? That's last week's introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? It's the one thing I didn't know. Anyway. I see it's up already. It's, uh, it's a Monday, that's my excuse. Anyway, <laughs> um, it isn't. The football is, has been back for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, it wasn't quite the uh, the level that we got to last weekend. Unfortunately, it was a defeat against Arsenal. But joining me tonight to chew over all the action, we have Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello, Patrick O'Connor. Hello, Patrick. Oh. All right. Hey. That, that, that'll do. <laughs> Terence Ford. I said hello. Yeah, it's all cut out, all right? It's all badly. Oh, sorry. 
Hello, Terence. Sorry. Hello, hello, hi. <laughs> Good, thanks. And finally, <laughs> it's the return of the Nagmeister, the Nageltron, Nagelus Maximus, the Benjamin of Nagelshire himself, Ben Nagel. Uh, hello. Did you like your introduction, Ben? <laughs> yeah, was that off the top of your head, or did you plan no, that? I wrote that down wrote earlier. that earlier, were you? Okay, yeah. thanks, I appreciate that. He's off I spelled, you, I spelt Nagelshire with a Y. Anyway, <laughs> um... They will all get their say in just a moment. If you want yours, head to hrlradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways to get in touch, including the infamous chat room at hrlradio.net forward slash chat. Hmm, sounds almost exactly like what I said last week. We begin, as is our want, with news in brief. No, we don't. What? Name uh, Tom. He's not, he's not ready yet. All right, well, sir, shortly we'll begin with news in brief. In the we meantime, just read it. No, don't, carry on. Sorry, I was just saying. In the meantime, Joe had an important question about vinegar for Patrick. Did I? Yeah. We can't. We can't do, talk about vinegar on the show. Come on. You're probably right. Oh, we have salt, but not vinegar. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's like another country. <laughs> <laughs> Still no news in brief. No, I don't mean there is going to be for some some time. Well, all right. Well, that's the end of the introduction. Play a jingle or something, someone, for God's sake. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions, and we'll choose in or bin. And it's the wrong jingle. Genius. Anyway, let's begin the review of the Arsenal game, and I absolutely point-blank refuse to start anywhere else other than with Lee Mason. Um, Everyone knows it should have been a red card. Um, So why didn't he give it? And that is my opening question to you, Ben Nagel. Um, yeah, good question. Why didn't he give it? Um, I suppose, actually, no, you've asked me that. I should answer it rather than re-asking the question, shouldn't Correct. I? Correct, yes, that's yeah. the principle. Um, okay. Well, yeah, pure and simple, it was, a, well, it, wasn't, it was a second yellow, for sure. Um, I think it was just the fact that it was exactly the same foul straight after, um, you know, that sort of angered the Palace fans and the fact that uh, he booked James MacArthur for a foul that, again, was exactly the same. Um, and there's just no consistency because... Uh, you know, 100%. The, the same thing will happen next week, and it'll be a red card, and it'll it'll be even more annoying for Palace fans. So, yeah, it was almost. I was listening to Talksport earlier, um, and Adrian Durham, boo hiss, uh, said something that actually made a lot of sense. And he said that it was almost refereed like it was a friendly, in that he he sort of spoke to spoke to him, uh, and sort of said, you know, he brought Mertesacker over and said. If he doesn't get substituted, I'm gonna to have to send him off, and that sort of just like Sunday <laughs> league stuff, isn't it? You can't like I don't understand how how that can happen really. That that's, you can come over, bring the captain over and be like, oh, I'm gonna send him off if you if you don't take him off. Well, that, that that's just that's a preseason friendly, isn't it? In a preseason yeah. friendly, if someone sort of loses the plot a bit and starts making bad challenges, the manager or the captain get a little word in the ear and say, look, you know, you've got to substitute him now, otherwise I will send him off. It's Premier and League. It's Premier League football. football. Unbelievable. Joe, go on. I, I, I just, what you just said there, Ben, whatever you heard on the radio, is exactly what I said at Lions 550 earlier. I was watching the game and it, it, I, I can't even comprehend how he even thought that he could call the captain over. Like you say, that is such a, firstly, it's schoolboy. Secondly, it's, it's friendly-esque. And thirdly, why is he? If, if if you've got a player that's gonna that, that's been fighting, or or they've, you know, when you when you need to call the captain over to tell your players to calm down because the tackles are rash tackles, but you can't be turning around and saying, "Has anyone lip read what he said?" 
Because he didn't no. cover his mouth. But I, I mean, imagine he's turning around saying, get him off the pitch or I'm going to send him off. I mean, that yeah. is, that's ridiculous. And the other thing as well is the amount of fouls that he has. There's no way in a million years, had that been us, would it, I think he had five, five fouls through the game. I think our players would have had three. Three of those would have been two yellows. Definitely. Any of our players. I just, I just cannot believe that, that he's, it's just, you know, I, I would have skipped forwards. To an hour, right? Man of the match, Lee Mason for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 we do all have very short memories. Uh, the captain was called over at West Ham when Glenn Murray got sent off, and he was told you got one more, and Pardew didn't take him off. Yeah, so we can't we can't complain in that sense because this happened before. I just think that the re- the referee just bottled it and gave Wenger the chance to take him off, and Wenger. T- Wenger took advantage of it where yeah, Pop yeah. didn't back I'll go, I'll, I'll go with that, Terence. You're right. Sorry. Just, You're right to put. Oh, go on, Ben. I was just saying, <laughs> he said one more chance just before half time. Yeah. Wenger didn't take him off straight away, and then he had another one in the second yeah. half, and he still didn't send him off, and then he exactly. took him off. That's he, it. he totally bottled it. Yeah. And the thing is, you, you just, I mean, you can't excuse that. And, and my question of, of why did he do it goes sort of beyond. Just bottling because, because as Joe was pointing out, the other way round, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have bottled it if he was sending a Palace player off, and that's what gets me. That that's you know I, I can only speculate that that would be the case, but I think we all know it. I think we all know that it was because it's an Arsenal player rather than because it's a Palace player. You know I, that's how I feel about it. You know, but what what you know we talk about what he actually did. I mean, the first challenge. I know Terence, you had quite a lot of debate on Twitter with, with various parties about this. Uh, particularly Arsenal fans trying to somehow defend it. Um, the first challenge was a clear yellow, wasn't it? Well, I thought so, but I missed um, Match of the Day last night, and apparently Danny Murphy was on that, on there saying that it wasn't. A, he didn't think it was a yellow card either. He's dived in behind when uh, Balassi's running on goal and brought him down. It is the definition of a yellow card. Yeah. And then the second one, it's like what you do to a kid in a school playground. When you used to, well, when it's what used to happen to me when I was bullied at school. <laughs> <laughs> Dad pushed me in my back and tripped me over at the same time. It's, it was, it was, it was so cynical. Obviously, that's in the first half, and then you know, in the second half, okay, they'd already gone two one up, but it was another late challenge, and you, you and because he's on his final warning, which we you know we shouldn't have been anyway, but because he's on his final warning, that's a, that's a definite off. There's no two ways about it, and. You know, it, it's you, you really hesitate to use the word cheating because it, that's what it feels like as a Palace fan. But um, go on, Patrick, you've got to get your say in here. Well, a couple of things. Um, I don't see what's so different from what happened yesterday to what happened um, with Jan Matt uh, for Newcastle. I mean, he got sent off for two cynical fouls. Two, two fouls were uh, a red card. And also, remember last year, didn't last year Cockland almost kick someone in the head and almost got red carded last year in the whole match? And he didn't get sent off last year. So he's got like a, he's got like a, a history of of, of being cynical against Palace. I don't understand why, you know, they went on the lookout for that. He did the same thing last year against us. I so. think he, he did. He studied Joel Ward in the chest. That's what it was, right, exactly. Last season. So I, I don't even right. We were called last year. They should have gone a red card. But I just don't understand this. I, I mean, I do understand refereeing is very poor in, in, you know, in EPL, but it's it's really, really, it's, I mean, we had this, you know, discussions all last season. It's The, the quality just really, really bad. It's, it's really frustrating. It really is. Yeah, I... I... You can't excuse it, I don't think. That's the main thing. And but what will happen about it? Absolutely nothing. But I suppose you've got to give it a little bit of perspective and say that you know last week we got the benefit of some poor refereeing. Um, uh, you know, agreed. 
that. So, you know, is this week swings and roundabouts? But here's a conspiracy for you. That happened in plain view last week. Everyone's talking about Palace getting the benefit of the doubt. You know, the, what's, what's the conspiracy? The referee was told to make sure it, it was shown to be swings and roundabouts. It was shown <coughs> to be you get it one week, you get it the other week. And <laughs> deliberately gave a, a bad decision against Palace. Not saying it's true. Just saying right. that's like a conspiracy. If I said it was true, I'd be probably in some sort of trouble, conceivably. But I'm not saying it's true. No, what what I've, I think this sums up Lee Mason perfectly, right? I've I've just gone into my website, redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I've gone into, <laughs> I've gone into nice. the, I've gone into the search bar and typed Lee Mason, right? The, what I've got is if three matches, one of them, the blurb says, I managed to call referee Lee Mason a series of disgusting words that I would never be able to actually use outside of a football stadium. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, When we beat Chelsea 1-0, what makes the victory more impressive is that we was playing against 12 men because Lee Mason was playing for Chelsea. (laughs) 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 And then the other ones are about in this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I also retweeted an article before the game off Hull uh, Radio, and it was it was an article from a um, an Arsenal fan talking about how pa- Palace have got the benefit of Lee Mason in the past. And I just retweeted it for a laugh, really, because you know I can remember how awful a referee is. And to be fair, he is gen- generally quite awful in, in most games for most teams. But yeah, that's I think what boy. what summed him up was um, giving a free kick against Connor Wickham for having his face kicked in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that at so head bad. height. I think I think that's quite a it's an interesting way of giving away a foul, isn't it? Having your head kicked. At, at you head can't off. put your own sweat on someone else's boot. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Been in the rules for years. Illegal. Um, okay, uh, let me just see who's up next. Is Benjamin Nagel up next? Yeah, just a, a quick point as well. I think say we'd gone out and lost the game four 0 we'd we'd still obviously talk about that that decision because it was terrible, but. I think what compounds it and what makes it so much more frustrating for Palace is that at the time of it happening, just before half time, you know, it, it completely changed the game in that we could have come out for the second half with that, with an extra man and then Conor Wickham goes and hits the post. If that had gone in, it's, it's just small margins and that's exactly what it is in the Premier League. Week in, week out, one tiny mistake by a referee can completely change the whole game and, and we could be talking about you know a, a point that we got yesterday against Arsenal but instead we're talking about Again, and this isn't the first time it's happened. It happens all too often. We're talking about a referee mistake that has, that has potentially lost Palace points. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Uh, Terence, go on. I think you're next. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in the chat room. Brinscore Eagle, Pardew should not have told the ref at half time to send him off. You do not tell the ref how to do his job, or he will completely ignore you. That's uh, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Yeah, it is wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Correct. Um, yeah, get in the chat room, join the hilarity. I think Jell and Terence are prowling there. Jell, you've got something to say. Um, yeah, Ben just said uh, on small margins um, that games turn. I, 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 he had a great season last year, and I don't really want to be getting on his back, but two mistakes by Joel Ward. Two mm. goals. Yeah, it was. I'm just, you know, I don't want to be controversial. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you're saying about small margins, I mean... How can you not jump for that for that second goal? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little oh, bit, yeah. Very, yeah, very very disappointing. But then saying that he scored and he made two vital tackles that probably would have been goals. So you know he had he had a great game and he had a nightmare all at the same time. 
Yeah, I want to talk a, a bit of detail about Ward later on. I, no, I noticed uh, your mate Lyons also tweeted in, saying, sorry, tweeted in, emailed in earlier, saying are we going to talk about his poor form in general. And it, I, I do want to talk about Wardy because, you know, there's a lot of talk about England recognition and stuff like that, but I think we've kind of kind of moved away from that. And I noticed Pardew didn't include him when he was talking about the players in the squad that could get international recognition, and I, I do wonder a bit about that. Um, maybe that's even demotivated him. I know what's wrong. <laughs> he got married and hey. birds ruin everything hey. <laughs> yeah be, being the ardent Christian that he is he lost his virginity and his intensity gone <laughs> oh you guys are just yeah alright he scored let's... a great goal he did score a no great he did he did right. but he also had a nightmare for both no he, he so. definitely had a nightmare defensively yeah. um, in, in general I mean what, Lee Mason's performance in, in the whole game was yeah like I said it was interesting um you know, and I said after last week, can we really complain? You know, that that strongly. But just my last question on it for you and, and perhaps people at home as well is: did it did it actually ruin the game? Do you think? Who wants to answer that one? Patrick, yeah, def- go on. <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. Yeah, definitely, oh. absolutely, definitely. And, and, and again, if they were consistent, if they were consistently giving yellow cards, I, I can't remember who was doing, who was on Talksport yesterday, but they were saying, you know, you. That was Danny Murphy. He said, referees are, are under pressure to give yellow cards for fouls, to stamp out the fouls, but the fouls that they're giving yellow cards for are ridiculous. They're, they're not really fouls. And even five years ago, they wouldn't have warranted they wouldn't have warranted yellow cards. But what see, what happened with Cochrane? He got that first yellow card so early, they, they, it was complete, you know, and, and as a... And he is a bit of a fierce tackler. He will get stuck in. The referee's under huge pressure to not send him off. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to face the wrath of of the Arsenal. You know, the big and, club against and the, the media club. and the media attention. We've always talked about this media exactly. attention at a bigger club is so much more focused, isn't it? But and obviously, do you, do you, do you know what? I'll tell you what, and you will, you guys will empathise with or know what I'm on about. The best referee I ever saw, right? Who could, who, who, who literally could run a game without giving a yellow card? Pierre Luigi Colina. You remember him? Remember the ball in the eyes? But the thing is, he didn't. He got the biggest games because he was the best referee. Now, if he if he thought that a player warranted a yellow card, he gave it. If he thought he played a, wanted a red card, he gave it. But they were because he understood the game. These referees, we need players be becoming referees. And and the reason why that will never happen is because just just say for 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 instance. Like Merson became a referee, could never he could never referee a Tottenham yeah, game, yeah. could never referee an Arsenal game. He, yeah. he, he can't do it. That's why referees are very rarely players. I think that's the rules anyway, though, isn't it? When you're a referee, you have to disclose your allegiances. When you become a ref, and you'll never ref one of their games. Yeah, but it's, allegedly. It's, <laughs> so, so I could become referee and go right. I could never, I could never do a Palace game. Could never do a Charlton game. Never do a Millwall game. Never do a Brighton game. Never do a Liverpool game. Fucking hell, I'll be rubbish, wouldn't I? <laughs> Get lost, Fetty, you can't do anything. Um, I've got, I've got some, <laughs> some tweets coming on the uh, Joel Ward question, so we'll, we'll talk about that now. Um, I was just reading the document for the tweets, and in that document someone has photoshopped a picture of my head on, uh, on with Lee Mason now hugging me um, in a really <laughs> suggestive way. Um, I'm quite quite disappointed by that in a number of ways. Uh, but um, anyway, Carl Mortimer said that uh, Kelly must be itching for a shot uh, in place of Joe Ward. Um, 
Jack Walker's gone with the stat sites have gone mad because he scored a goal, but defensively he was very poor yesterday. Mistakes all over the place. And Reggie Blitz has gone for awful, nearly a fault, nearly at fault for uh, for three. Jimmy saved us on the line. Yeah, remember obviously that was very very early on in the game. But I mean, are we are we talking like you know we're we're not talking about a bad game really? I don't I don't think anyway. We're talking about a fairly should we say average run of form because. Well, someone was suggesting to me at the game that he's actually only had really half a decent season in the Palace shirt, and people just remember that. I think he's he's better than that myself. I think he's a, you know he's a decent quality right back at, at Premier League level, but I think he's he's struggled to sort of progress from the point when we got promoted for me, uh, Patrick. Yeah, he definitely hasn't progressed. I agree with that part, Chris. Um, I think the shifting from left back to right back and so forth last year did not help him. But I will say, yesterday he didn't get a lot of help. If you watch, if you know, you can see Ozil. Ozil, Ozil did a great job of, of, of just moving from the centre to the left. And when he was on the, at the beginning of the match, I believe we started with, um, I guess it was Yannick on the right-hand side. And you see how quickly they switched Yannick and, and Wilf, uh, you know, because he wasn't getting any help. And they were overloading that side. So, admittedly, that was a very poor, he tried to chest that ball down when, when you know, for Ozil for the cross to, uh, uh, to Giroud for that goal. And obviously, he didn't jump on the on ahead of a cent, uh Alexis Sanchez, but honestly, he didn't get a lot of help, and I think that really exposed him yesterday. I think I think that really people don't really realize that was as much of a part as the admittedly the two mistakes that he made that caused the two goals. Ben, yeah, I sort of agree with what you were saying actually, Chris, about um, how he hasn't really developed. I think in the championship, he was he was definitely one of our best players, and if you sort of compare him to Delaney and how much Delaney has stepped up since we've been promoted, and although you know he's not one of the best players in the team, I have to admit that he's. he's He's not, but he's progressed so much since we've stepped up from Championship to Premier League, uh, and I think Ward sort of hasn't really made that that step up. And he sort of, I, I think he's a good right back. Don't get me wrong; I think he is Premier League quality. Um, but yeah, yeah, he just hasn't he hasn't pushed on and kicked on as Palace fans hoped he would. And I think if he had, then we still would be talking about him for England. But it's difficult as well. And you, you have to say he was up against Alexis Sanchez, who is you know without doubt one of the one of the best attacking players in the league. Um, and I don't think you can sort of slate him too much for that because he, he just needed a little bit of help and he, he didn't really get it but um, I don't think we, we should be looking to take him out of the team uh, by all means not not yet anyway I think obviously every player's got to be on their toes and I'd like, I would like to think Kelly's pushing him for his place but at the moment like I say he just seems to have um, sort of plateaued a little bit I don't know he had, he had a real problem with the overlap from Monreal on that side he was you know a really difficult player all day he got up and down very very well on the left hand side you know he was didn't didn't leave much exposed in his flank and, and really pushed ours and that that's when you know either Balassi or or Wilf depending on which one was playing that side was needed but I we thought didn't we didn't get quite... a lot of help off Balassi did he at all no, no, no not at all um, Reggie Blitz has pointed out on Twitter that doesn't you know does he need help jumping which is a fair point <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah that, I mean that that bit on the back post was I yeah. I've written some quite bad language in my little bit of notes here about about it it was. You know, it was weak. It was really, really weak as defending. He didn't. It wasn't just that he didn't jump. He actually made a back and move to a position where it actually allowed Sanchez to jump over him and get the header. And it was like right. that is how poor it was because he hasn't looked properly. So I'm going to try and back in, which you know is a fairly common tactic. But if you're not paying attention to what you're backing into, you know, then that's what happens really. And you know, Delaney's just trying to get something on it, and it's, and it's gone in. A few few tweets, and then uh, Terence has got something from the chat room. Um, I'm not sure that who that's from. I think Zim Zimzi. Wardy is solid. He's had a few bad ones recently, but will come good in my opinion. We need a replacement for Delaney. Delaney not tight enough on someone. Oh no! <laughs> no. 
No, 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 no. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. There's yeah. no way. That was almost a worldie. That was three. That was like Wolf's goal. Even, but he was even further behind in this one. No, and but you know what? But Joel, I can see what they're, they're making a point on. If you look at that that cross, it was the cross from Ozil is behind Giroud, and Damo's no, no nowhere close to him. If he's close to him, he never gets that shot off. So I understand people can get on Delaney for that because he wasn't close to him. He really wasn't. He should have been a lot yeah, closer. He, I think. But he had no right to get that. He had no right to. Get I, to I agree with you, but if he's if he's close, he doesn't even try to make that kind of a, a shot. You know what I mean? If he's close, he can't make a side side of the kick like that. If a guy is on you, Delaney was about five yards away from him, and he was and he was marking nobody because. Uh, um, Dan had moved over to kind of check Sanchez, so it was it was poor defending. It really on that first, it was really bad defending. Great goal though, it was a great goal. Mm, yeah, <laughs> don't like praising the opposition. Sorry, Terence, what's in the chat room? Chat. Um, <laughs> Lions five fifty. What about Mariapa? I can't recall when he's ever let us down when he's played against Chelsea away. <laughs> yeah, we can name a few. Don't go crazy. <laughs> but I do rate Mariapa. I just, that's just immediately straight in my mind. Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, Sanchez at the back stick there. He should need forty-two yellow pages to get above Joel Ward. He's about, <laughs> he's about four foot two. It's disgusting. Defend, yeah, I agree. Can't defend that at all. Is he a dwarf? <laughs> I don't think he looked that small. Sanchez he's or tiny? <laughs> Is he? Yeah, I've, um, I think he's about 5'5", five, five, isn't he? Oh. He can jump, though, I'd say. Oh, well, in that case, walled out. There's some very strong uh, opinions coming in on board. Matthew Barton saying that he was dread, absolutely dreadful uh, and badly at fault for both their goals out of sorts at the moment. And uh, Carl Morton was gone for He was out-jumped by a leprechaun. Oh, Carl's making me laugh today. Um, <laughs> Lucy's got come come in with uh, why there's so many Delaney haters. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Is the hashtag. <laughs> Lucy, yes, love well it. done, Lucy. Well done. I agree with um, you. Lucy's uh, going to join us on Hull Radio in the next few weeks. Be providing a uh, the, the female point of view. I say that. Yes. It's, it's just that we're just going to tease her about how much she loves Damien Delaney most of the time. To be honest with you, and Eddie Checker. Oh yeah, that as well. Oh, she's gutted. <laughs> she's gutted. He's gone. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, looking look forward to that. Um, I said that in such a bad way, didn't I? <laughs> oh yeah, you can look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sa- 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 Sanchez I'm... is five foot five. Thank you. Thanks for confirming that. Thanks, um, Mr. Google. That is shocking. <laughs> but there you go. You should not be out jumping Joe Ward at that post. Like I say, we, we, we're all pretty much, um, pretty much agreeing here that, uh, that he was, you know, he was poor, poor yesterday. Got a great goal though, so let's give, let's give him credit. Um, let's, look, let's delve a little bit into the game, shall we? Look, it was a, oh, it's my, in my view, it was a poor first half, uh, and obviously it was a good good goal from Ward. But it, you know, the only thing I would say about the first half is we kept our shape quite well, and that's what kind of kept us in it because we could have could have gone a fair few down and ended up going in level. I thought we were better in the second half, but obviously key, some key moments cost us the game there. So like in the first half, there was an early set piece I quite enjoyed. Gentlemen, that was um, punching, knocking it back to Kabai running in. Uh, a little bit similar to the Soiree one from against Norwich, but this time Kabai hits it straight on the volley, and unfortunately, it was it was it was blocked, and then led to a break that kind of summed up the way Arsenal attacked. And it was body streaming forward, lots of you know in options for the man on the ball. Um, we're just a little bit off that in terms of the way we can play. But I mean. You know, what did you think, talking about Kabai, what did we think of him uh, in, in that game? It's a lot of praise about I saw for him, and, and I kind of, well, I definitely agree with it. What do you reckon, uh, Ben? I think he's just a different cl- different level, isn't he? I think he's just 
Uh, to be honest, I could talk all night about Kabay, and I think I could do it week in, week out as well, because, you know, Pardew says it all the time as well, he's the player that the rest of the team need to, to look at and, and sort of almost model their game on, because he's he's been around, he, he's done it, you know, week in, week out for Newcastle, and, you know, he's played for, for a huge club in PSG, and now he's he's come to us, and he, uh, as Pardew said, doesn't seem to have his head in the cloud, seems to be on it week in, week out, I keep saying week in, week out, and uh, yeah, just, uh, he was absolutely brilliant. And yes, Joe, it does sound like I love him because I do love him. <laughs> I hope you went, oh, goodbye. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, sure we just, can set that to some music just, at some point. He doesn't misplace a pass uh, and he works no, hard. Right. I just think he, he will be brilliant for us all season. He, might, he may only be here for one season, but I think we just need to sort of uh, appreciate him while he is here and, and, and sort of just uh, just watch the way he plays because it is absolutely brilliant. And they called it Bobby Love. <laughs> Ninety-two percent passing last week. Ninety-three percent passing this week. Okay. That's unheard of from a Palace player, isn't it? it really but, but is. It's what we said last week as well about about him. What he does is he just get, picks the ball up. He, he's got enough time and enough class to to have that split second to pick out a player and pass it. And that's all you want. That was the that was the missing link. We have players to smash other players up in the air, get the ball back, and then give it away. This time, we're not giving it away. I'll tell you what he's also done as well. He's made James McArthur a better player because it, his passing rate has gone up exponentially as well since Kabai has come in. Both times, he's been up over 85%, which last season he was pushing 70-75%. So just having that, that more intelligent brain next to him has just immediately picked up his level as well, which is... Which is a good thing. McCarthy's yeah, quality, mate. It's why we pay seven and a half million quid for him. Uh, oh no, totally. But I think Kabai is just making him look better. <laughs> but yeah, two he... things, you know. What? I'm sorry, McCarthy's got two assists in two games. You know how many assists he had last year? He had none. Yep. Mm. And it just shows you. And then to think about Kabai, which I like. His work rate is ridiculous. He's yeah. all over the pitch. He's. He, I've never seen a player of a Palace shirt who was so much quality who's willing to tackle and get back and run all day. I think. It, well, I mean, it's just. It's just. It's, it's great to watch. It really is. He's a quality, well, quality player. That's what makes it a truly great player, in my view. One who's got all that ability, but also has the work rate to match. And it's where yeah. some, you know, exactly. some have a great reputation, but you know, when you're honest about it, they are an individual. You know. Mm-hmm that are supported by a team that gets sort of unsung around them. But goodbye, you, you can give him all the praise you like, but he earns it every single game. It's great. God, do you all fancy goodbye or something? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Ben. Um, ben what, jealous. What I thought, um, it's, it's the same, for example, with Ozil. Like, you hear that Ozil's lazy all the time. Yeah, every time I've ever seen him live, he's running all, he's all over the gaff. Yeah. And Kabai's in that a similar sense. You would assume that he, that he hasn't got that work rate, but you see them live and they are everywhere. Now, Chris, I know it's not an Arsenal uh, podcast, but you know Ozil misplaced one pass yesterday. Yeah, no, he had his best game yeah, yesterday. yesterday. He was really doesn't good. Matter. He's brilliant. To, to, he to be fair, though, he, he misplaced one pass out of 48. If you look in, uh, Iniesta's <laughs> passing one, misplacing one pass out of 150 every week. So, uh, <laughs> it's not okay. he's not that good then, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overrated. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously that um, that breakaway ended up with, with Macarthur uh, clearing off the line, and it was good that we um, we took a moment to talk about him. The fact that he got the assist for the goal, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But um, obviously that was a little bit of an early warning sign, and that's what worried me a bit because it just seemed too easy for them for Arsenal to to sort of run through us, just getting bodies bodies forward quicker than we could kind of react. And 
yeah, I say it was a bit, a bit of heroics to keep the ball out there, and that happened a few times. And you know, what I just, this is a difficult question. Why did Palace look panicked for me for quite a lot of that first half? Um, I don't know if you agree. Hopefully, you do, because the question is, why was that? Why did why did we panic? Why couldn't we uh, play our own game? You know, what what was it that made that happen? Anyone? <laughs> we, we walked onto the pitch, right? Yeah. And we saw Arsenal. They was it was like when you walk into the bedroom and you're rubbing the lube into your hands and you're ready to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Wait, god! <laughs> and they were they they bent us over and somehow didn't find penetration. It was amazing. <laughs> well, edit. Uh, I mean, I suppose we're slightly nearer the watershed than normal. Um, thanks for that, Terence. It's eight thirty. Has anyone got a clean version of that? Do we do we yeah. pay him too much respect, Patrick? Um, I, I, I listen. We haven't been Arsenal in. I don't even know how long. I think that's definitely part of it. But I also think Chris, maybe the lineup was we win. That's the most aggressive lineup I've ever seen uh, Palace ever put out in my life. Then we could be more aggressive. We had maybe sat down McCarthy and putting up a striker on the field. So the fact we went to a try and attack Arsenal, I think, was a little ambitious to be honest. And I think that's what it was. I think just trying to get our shape. And I remember around the 80th minute, I noticed that Pardew called over both um, McCarthy and. Um, by and told me to drop off, and you know, they started sitting a bit in the middle more because the middle we lost the middle the entire first half. Arsenal coming straight in the middle, the whole game, middle, middle, then putting about wide to one of the you know, the outside players. It was ridiculous. So, I think getting getting used to the way that Arsenal play and trying to match them was a little bit you know, ambitious on our part. And I think that's something that we that really bothered us for the first you know, for the first 35 minutes at least. That's, You're right, Patrick, but but the other, the other thing as well is that what we're doing, we, we're criticizing our club for not. Beating Arsenal. It <laughs> shows how far yeah. we've come. But, but, I, I no, understand. but we have got good players and they've got world class players. They really have. And then when they can bring on the likes of the Ox, who just can run whatever he can run 100 metres in low tens, you know, against Suarez, who matched him for the first run, and yet you saw in the second, you know, um, it, it just, it just. It's, it's not. It's brilliant. Uh, we think we've got strength in depth, but they, I mean they've got class in depth. But yeah. you know, I, I just it, again, it just shows how far we can. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And when we're disappointed that we haven't got, and we really should have nicked a point yesterday. No, you're right. I totally agree with that. But the other, the other thing that I thought was interesting was um, before the game, Pardew was talking about the way that Palace would approach the match. Um, and it was... It was quite apparent that, that he was kind of envious of the fact that Arsenal have had what he said, what, 10, whatever years it is, probably about nearer 15 years of just playing the same way and the same philosophy. And it was interesting that, you know, to see us get as close as we did 
right. in a team that's playing that way. I think we possibly could have got a, you know, a different result by playing a more traditional Palace way, if you like. But I like the fact that we went out and tried to go toe-to-toe with them. We failed miserably for quite a lot <laughs> in the first half. We really did. Um, and, it, and it did look like men against boys for a while there. Um, and that's why... I think you know, with with the frustration subsided, I don't, don't feel too bad about losing the game anymore because I think ultimately we lost to a better team. But yeah, I thought the philosophy that, that we went out with was was interesting and certainly certainly encouraging for the future. But uh, at the end of the, um, we'll see, obviously we got an equaliser. That's that's one really good point, and it was a great move punching um, out on the left wing, sort of stepped away from a couple of challenges. Great ball out to Balassi, who did. It's probably his most um, Productive point of the game really was to chest into MacArthur and the setup, the little tee up for uh, for Ward to strike. It was great and it was just a perfect strike. It just you know bottom corner, checks not getting anywhere near it. It was great and I thought great that's going to give us some real belief going to go into the break and you know all that kind of stuff. But almost straight away, back up the other end, Ramsey um, little flick to try and from an Urzil cross and a great save from McCarthy. So let's have a chat about McCarthy. Um, I got disagreed with, shall we say, during the course of the game while a couple of tweets off of the whole radio account saying I thought he was having a great game and keeping this in it at times. Um, let's get, let's some, get some views on that. I'll start with you, Patrick. He was brilliant. I thought he played really well. Um, I know people criticised him last week for that uh, for the for the Norwich goal, but I think yesterday he made some really great saving. I think he got in the game, and the both goals he had nothing to do with him. He couldn't have, he's never saving Giroud's goal. And obviously, Damon was an own goal. So I thought McCarthy has... Has really improved. Even in a week, even distribution was even better. Um, you know, his kick kickouts were you know hit, were hitting um, uh, Wickham on his head or getting to someone's foot or whatever. So I think he's really he's done a, he's done, come a long way even in a week, and I like what I see out of him so far. Yeah, a lot. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I thought he had a fantastic game yesterday. Again, um, I, I thought it, the way he came out and spread himself for the one he saved with his foot in the second half was a. Uh, was almost Schmeichel-esque. He come out, arms out wide, and saved it with his leg. Made himself look, you know, even bigger than he is. Anyway, um, but I thought he made three or four very good saves. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. He had no chance at both of the goals. Um, again, the only, the only, my only, um, it's, the youth is being young is against him. But I, I think um, he could benefit from picking the ball up and, and instead of hoofing. You know, instead of being more direct, is is he can you know? I, I watched a couple of times. Um, Suarez, as soon as the goalkeeper got the ball, Suarez legged it out wide, which is what we we haven't been doing for years. Yeah. Um, and he and he was ignored, which I thought we you know we need to do that because other sides, as soon as their right and left back goes straight out wide, there's two options and they get used, which is how teams play out from the back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it had a great game. Yeah, that's a good shout, Joe. That's something we can hopefully work towards. Uh, Terence, you're something of a goalkeeping expert. What do you reckon? Did he, firstly, was he at fault for the goals? And, and what do you think overall? Uh, no, he's certainly not at fault for the goals. Drew's finish is absolutely brilliant back across him and downwards as well. Um, uh, well done, Joe. You, you picked out the best save of the lot as well. That, th- As a goalkeeper, that save is so difficult to make when you're rushing out and he puts it back across your body like that. To save it with your foot is your only chance. Yep. And that's a fantastic save. Um, I think... It might have been a confidence thing. If, if you think against Norwich, it was uh, his distribution went to pot after the goal went in. And it, maybe it was just, you know, being a bit younger, his he's, um, confidence just got a bit shot and he lost his kicking game because it looks fine on um, yesterday. It, it, yeah. it didn't look like there was a problem at all. He was consistently getting it into Wickham's area and so on. On to the fullback, 
getting forward. At one point, um, McCarthy got the ball in his hands, and our furthest player with forward was walled after he literally run, just put his head down and sprinted to the halfway line down the flanks. And um, there was a uh, when we um, against Norwich when Glenn Murray uh, missed from a couple of yards out when the goalkeeper saved it. Soiree put the ball into the back stick, and Joel Ward knocked it down. And only Glenn Murray was in the box. So I think that tells you something about how Pardew sees us using the fullbacks this season. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, ben, you've got the last little bit on this. Yeah, just uh, another little bit on, on McCarthy. Uh, this completely isn't isn't anything against Bernie, so don't think I'm I'm doing that. But Uh-oh. with McCarthy, I just I Careful. feel like no, I feel a lot more confident from corners and things like that. I just feel like you know he's three inches taller than Spironi. He collected well yesterday. Uh, and I don't think, I think Spironi potentially, although he's an amazing shot stopper, has a slight weakness from corners and collecting the ball and, you know, and, and being commanded in his area. And I feel like McCarthy adds that to his game. Uh, and I think he, he will be brilliant for us in the future. And, and it's definitely sort of Spironi's successor. That was fair, Ben. Thank you for not killing Jules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's something that's not within Jules's control, though. You know, he he's, he can't be any physically taller. Size. No, no, no. Yes. So that's it. Is McCarthy is a I think long term is a fantastic replacement in in the terms that his shot stopping is arguably just as good as Jules from what we've seen early. It looks like he ha- he has the potential to be that good, and he has the three extra inches to get up and get crosses and. I've got a problem with goalkeepers who are really tall like Hennessy because it's really hard to get down low. And I think in the pre-season game against Fulham, that showed, you know, he, he conceded when the ball was quite close to him, but down low and he just couldn't get down in time. So he's arguably the perfect height for a goalkeeper as well. OK, getting a few tweets in on this. Um, a couple of people have misunderstood MacArthur and McCarthy, but uh, are quite rightly pointing out that MacArthur does look very, very good with... Um, Back with goodbye. Uh, goodbye in the middle. Yeah. So right. yeah, my brain shut down for a while there. Thanks for helping me out, Patrick. Sorry. Saying goodbye. I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Uh, but I've now unfortunately switched to my own Twitter account. Bear with me, everyone. This is just like you know, just just fill some time. <whistles> I'm whistling to fill time. There you go. Cole Mortimer's gone with looks really commanding in that goal. Cole Babs has come in with exceptional, uh, considering the shaky he was shaky at Norwich. Um, home debut, live on TV, great character, which is. I think an interesting observation there it sort of shows, you know, he's, like like you said, came back from a sort of shaky performance to um, to be fairly dominant in there. I say it, it looks very very good to me the future uh, in goal, but you know part of me still hopes that that's not it for Jules yet. You know, me too. So anyway, that that took us uh, into the into half time at one one. I was sort of feeling feeling we got away with it a bit, but when we come out in the second half, I thought we were really really good and. Um, Obviously, the, pretty much the first major action of the second half was the move um, that put Zaha free on the right. And he put in a really good cross. And I really want to emphasise what a good cross that was from Wolf Zaha because he doesn't get a lot of credit when he puts a decent ball in. Um, and that was exceptional. It really was. Almost pretty much, you know, one touch, then bang, puts it in to the foot of, of Wickham. And it's so unlucky that it's not gone in. Um, I admit to be pretty much celebrating as soon as I saw it go to his foot. Um, and seeing it come off the inside of the post was just gutting. Uh, but I mean, that was the moment, really, wasn't it? That was that was where we we could have could have on small margins. Yeah, that's exactly. Joe goes back to what Ben was saying earlier, and yeah, I think it was you, Ben. Am I crediting you correctly? You are correct. Yes. 
brilliant. I like it when that happens. Uh, Patrick, did you want to say something? Yeah, um, I have a question about Wickham because um, I mean, Joel always has this great comment about you know player watch and you can't people watch. I can't really do that obviously on TV, but I, did, I watched him a lot yesterday, and I was a little concerned about his, about his um body language in the second half. Not that he wasn't trying, because obviously he was, but I think lack of service yesterday was really telling for him. He was really working hard, running like crazy to get the ball. And I just thought like towards the end of the match, he really wasn't in positions where I wouldn't like him to really high up the field. So you guys watch him yesterday. What do you think about him um, as far as his, you know, his work rate, his second half? Not knowing if I meant to say first half, because I'm not worried about you know, him as a potential striker for us. I just have a little question about that. Um, well, I think Joe wants to jump in on straight on there, I think. Yeah, I, I like Wickham. I like what I saw yesterday. What I, did, what I always like is a is a player that, that goes to attack the ball in something, you know, with his size, you, you think he could actually wait for crosses and, and head them. Although he, did, he didn't have his best game in the air. I think he got bullied by the, uh, by the Arsenal centre-backs. But what I did like was, like I said, that, that the ball from... From uh, from Wilf to him was just genius on the inside of his foot, but it bent out. It, it was a it bent away, genius cross, and it, you know he met it met it perfectly. Talking about small margins, three inches to the left. It's you know we're two one up, um, and he's the hero, and 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 he, and he won't ever get you know he won't get criticised for weeks, but. You know, it's. Uh, I thought. I thought he did. I thought he did really well. Didn't do a lot of a lot wrong. And you know, the service that he had was was, you know, was minuscule. But yeah, the, the only the only my only criticism of him is that he he ran a lot of grounds, but he didn't run towards the players like Murray would have. Murray would have hassled the player instead of the space. Right, and that's what Wickham did. Wickham hustled the space and not the player. Murray would have been probably another ten or fifteen foot further upfield. That's what I was. That's what I noticed too. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's and that's the other thing. But he was still running to you know right towards the ends. I mean, you know, the whole ninety minutes. I thought he done really well. Um, but I, you know, I, I like what I saw. Uh, Terence and Patrick, you were sort of commenting as that went. Um, Terence, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, well, I think um, I said that when he joined. Um, I think it's key that he learns from Murray like Murray stays at the club and he can teach him that side of the game because I think um, he's not the sort of player that wants the ball in the air I think you could tell that a lot of the times like Joel just said he got bullied a bit by their centre-backs airily but whenever the ball was put to his feet and his back was to goal he never lost the ball he held on to right. the ball well and brought players into play so I think it's just um, you want it, you want him to get that sort of Murray-esque thing about him to hustle the centre-backs because they're just not used to it this day and age. There's very, very few players who are doing it in the Premier League at the moment. Actually, what Loic Remy, who he was linked with heavily, was is one of the players in the Premier League who does chase after players along with Glenn Murray. And it just causes mistakes out of people. And if Wickham can add that side to the game, I think we've got ourselves a very, very good strike on our hands. There was a there was a moment in the, was in the first half, actually, where he hadn't been in the game much and we were just chatting about you know how he's not getting much service, and he dropped off deep, collected the ball, and hit an absolutely brilliant pass to switch mm-hmm. the play out to the from from the right to the left. And it was like, yeah, that to be fair, that's what you don't get with Murray. <laughs> you know, you, he's a good player on the ball, you know, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't drop off and s- switch play, and doesn't have that kind of vision. Um, you know, in that in that role, if you like. So there's things people should remember. There's things that Wickham can do that Murray can't as well. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Conor Wickham. I really hope it works out for him. I think he's got to get a goal fairly early to settle him down and to, to get people on his side. But Definitely. You know, there's a few people who are a bit negative about him in that performance, and I couldn't see it at all, I have to say. Ben? Yeah, I think that's that's 
such a, an important thing for him that he needs that goal. I think he, he looked really frustrated in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. Um, I don't know whether that was with his own performance or the fact that we were losing, you know, and, and we're so close to getting something out of the game. But there is so much potential there. He's, he's what, is he 22 years old? He's got a lot of years left and, and a lot of them could be at Palace if he, if he does well. But I think, yeah, sort of last 15, 20 minutes, he, he didn't look happy on the pitch. And I think it's such a difficult game. You know, his first game at Sellers play against Arsenal and, and Mertesacker is about 13 foot tall. I think Aston Villa will hopefully, hopefully starts again, and, and I think we, we can definitely sort of see a more commanding performance from Wickham up top against uh, a slightly worse defence. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, he looked, he looked unhappy because he doesn't like losing, <laughs> which, really is, do. which think, is a great trait to have, right? Yeah, so I'm sure you saw the interview with him after the game as well, Patrick, on the membership thing that I can't ever remember the name of. <laughs> Eagles.co.uk, I think it is, something like that. Eagles.cpsc.co.uk. CPSC. Thank you, Ben. Ben Ben Nagel, the (laughs) professional. Always. It's always good to have a professional journalist on the show, isn't it? It'll never stop him from being ginger, though. It won't. (laughs) I'm literally not even a a tiny little bit ginger. (laughs) (laughs) He's blonde, he just told me before the show. He's blonde. He's definitely ginger, I've seen it. Strawberry Uh, blonde. <clears throat> anyway, uh... um, just for everyone listening who's never seen me, I am in ginger. I am ginger, so I can make that insult. <laughs> what was that? I don't know, some sort somewhere. of a sound effect. Someone's at the buttons again. I think it might. Uh... <laughs> Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Ben Nagel would like to get the ginger hairs off his chest. Right, let's move on. <laughs> 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 just after Conor Wickham uh, was unfortunate again not to score, um, there was unfortunate. It was that second goal. We've talked about it earlier on. I, I just think we've we've talked about Ward's um, issue, the fact he didn't jump and actually made it back for Sanchez to jump over. Very very poor defending. But what we didn't talk about was just how much we stood off them. Um, I, I I know you can't jump <laughs> jump in against. Um, against Arsenal because they move the ball so quickly and there's so many options. But what you can do is close down the space, close down the angles properly and not just back off and off and off into your own area. And that's what we did on that first goal. Switched it out wide, drilled it to the back post, even then should have dealt with it, Ward. But um, but there you go, it's headed back in. Delaney's done what he can to try and clear it and ended up pretty much putting it the only place that, that um, Carthy wasn't going to get. It was a great finish, yeah. He's now on naught goals. He's cancelled out his goal from the previous week. He's back to zero. How many goals? Did, how many own goals has he had for us, Delaney? Oh, it's a few now, I'm sure. Is it? I don't think he's done that many. It's not like Paddy. Paddy had scored one every other game. I think I'm sure he's on three or four. Yeah, the one against Liverpool because a Sterling goal got counted as yeah. an own goal in the three-three. Right. Three. Um, he, he's no Matthew Upson. though. Upson was worse than McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> he scored. He scored more own goals than games he played for us. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Popovich. Popovich had the the, the best own goal, didn't he? Yes. With that backheeled one against Middlesbrough. It's just right. someone needs to tweet that out. That was superb. Was uh, Joe, what's the one? What's the one? Um, Jeff Hopkins. That, that, what about that one in ni- like nineteen ninety? That was a brilliant like a volley he hit. Over oh, don't ask me. I was drunk. Very sucking. Early nineties. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, chat room is confirming it's only that's only second in the Premier League. Well, there you go. Take that. Uh, a couple of tweets I'm picking out on uh, on Connor Wickham. Um, Andy Stokesbury's gone with thought he'd done well against uh, arguably the best defender in the Prem, uh, Koscielny. Hmm. 
will bully the likes of Lovren and um, who is this? James at Follow the Palace has gone with he was fantastic on the ball but struggled off it. He can learn from Murray what to do but needed to work harder. I don't know, I wouldn't say well, I can see what he means and I think it's a lot about what Joe was saying about closing the uh closing the man and not the space and all that kind of stuff, which would well I don't think it was any lack of effort, that's kind of what I was getting out there. But um yeah, thanks for all that. We'll uh, we'll keep tweets coming for the rest of the show. Which uh, technically is due to finish at about nine thirty today. We'll see if we make it. I'm quite tired today. Um, so yeah, unfortunately we've gone two one down there. Then we had the non sending off that could have changed the game. But right at the end, um, there was a sort of whole clutch of chances, if you like. Uh, Much got in the way of a header from Dan from a corner. Uh, managed to clear it brilliantly. Well done, Jordan. Thanks for that. Um, then it, uh, hit, quite... it hit him. You know oh, it. Just hit him. I didn't have a him. chance. Oh, there, you're right. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Change my mind really quickly there. I'll take it back. Yeah. Although I'm going to say some stuff about you in a minute that you're not going to like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chung Young Lee uh, wasted a chance to shoot um, when he got free in the area. Just just didn't seem ready for it. Um, could have could have hit it with his left foot. Tried to switch back onto the right and the chance was gone. And then uh, Joel Ward headed straight a check from the following uh, corner. So we had three quick chances there to, to get the ball in the net. Um, and obviously... And, as we were pushing right at the end, uh, Chamberlain fouled Soiree, but then managed to get a shot. You know, was let to, you know allowed to run through, and managed to get a shot away, which is well saved by McCarthy. And then that's that's that was the last action of the game all over at that point. Um, so you go, obviously that's that's my summary of that. Um, but I want to talk about Papa Soiree. Uh, we talked about him last week, and he he does seem to feature most weeks, to be honest. And most weeks we're sort of going, okay, he was a little better than last week. I thought. He was very, very impressive against Arsenal. Um, anyone disagree? Let's see. What do you think, Joe? No? No, no, I don't disagree. I thought he was very good. You can, um, and again, it was it was just on on small margins, you know, where he's he's having to take a long ball up the line when he wants to pass, and he's saying to punch and go into the space. Don't don't stand behind a player. I can't pass to you through a player. Go to you know, and then you see him tap his tongue saying. You know, talk, talk to me. He's, he looked like, I mean, he had a, I thought he had a fantastic game, an absolutely fantastic game. And what what I personally think, um, he didn't do a lot of attacking yesterday. And when he did, he worried the Arsenal players. So I, I was a little bit, he could have had an even better game. But obviously, he, he, he was told to not go too far upfield because, he, you know, he's, he's probably the only pace we've got at the back. Um but then up against the ox at the end, it just showed you how, how quick. What? Did you just say? Yeah, exactly. Um, Stop but, calling him the ox. It's Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, or just Chamberlain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought I thought he was I thought he was very very good. Yes, he's, for me, his best game. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Joe. Other than your ridiculous nickname of an Arsenal player, which I'll never forgive you for. Um, he's an absolute beast, Pabasuari, getting getting better all the time. Scott Dan, I thought, had a really good game. We talked about Damo earlier on, and you know, despite the fact that he's got the own goal there, I thought thought he was very, very good, and particularly after the goal as well, he made a couple of key blocks. But um, you mentioned a minute, minute ago, Joe, you mentioned pace, and it's really only Suarez in the back line that has pace. Is that a, a hindrance for us, do you think, Patrick? 
no, not really. I mean, I was just going back to what Joe was saying about Suarez, though. I think that his pace is going to really pay off for us if we start playing more like the way Arsenal play, meaning you see Arsenal bomb forward their fullbacks, and I think both Ward and Suarez can get forward a lot more. They didn't Yesterday was not the day to try it, but I think his pace is going to help us. My only concern about him, honestly, is his defending one-on-one. You mentioned before, Chris, about the, the second goal. It was him. His side that Bellerin made that cross from, he could have got a little more touch tight on him, but that's gonna, he's gotten better every single match. So I'm not really concerned about him not getting better on that. But I think his speed is a, is a big factor. And I think we need to change, we can change one thing on our team, and that would be to get the forward, push forward more, and that allows maybe punching and tuck inside more. I think we'll be a much stronger side. So I think Suarez's development is going to be key for us, and his speed is going to be key for us going forward. <laughs> okay. What are you giggling at? Oxley Chamberlain just favorited one of my tweets. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, ox. <laughs> the ox, the actual, the, the actual, the real ox. That I was funny. I was jo- uh, putting all like jokes up about the tweet um, uh, of him putting Pap Suarez shirt on the ground and discarding it. Yeah, but, I heard uh, that, yeah. And then uh, everyone was going on and going, no, it was during the warm-up. He just put it there like he didn't discard it. And I was just like, stop ruining the witch hunt. And he's favourited it. He wouldn't be my most lucrative follower in terms of followers because LeBron James follows me. I have some of that. What? What? <laughs> the LeBron James? Yeah. Yeah, big Palace fan, isn't he? <laughs> he's a man, new fan, isn't he? Liverpool, one of those two. Yeah, because just have interest. Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> you, the best player in the world. What are you joking? Who is he? Hang on, hang on. Pa- pa- just Patrick. I can't. Hear. Who is he's he? Patrick, basketball player. Right. Cavaliers, best player in the world. Never heard of him. Okay, lovely. Le- King James. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never heard of him. Seriously. No. I oh, never mind. Yeah, no, I haven't. Cavali- any Cavaliers that Joe's heard of are Vauxhall Cavaliers. Move along. <laughs> wow. Or, or dogs. Or dogs. Wow. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. LeBron James. Um, yeah, all right. Let's stop talking about LeBron James. I've had some, I've had some tweets fa- favourited and retweeted. Justin Rose favourited one of my tweets last week. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Has anyone else? Has anyone heard of him? Who? You're listening to Homestyle Radio, which is where we all talk about talking which about people have tweeted. Basketball, basketball, and golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sasha Gray favorited one of my tweets once. Who's? Oh, I don't even. Who's know. that? I know she is. She's, <laughs> I know who she is. Whoa, nice one, Karen. She's lovely. Your fox. <laughs> anyway, still plenty of contact coming in from you. Uh, a lot of people say they don't understand the negativity towards Wickham. Colin Squires is one of those. Um, <laughs> thinking he had a great game. Chaz has gone for, uh, thought he looked very promising. My only concern is, is he a goal scorer? And I think with the right support, he certainly is. Um, hmm. uh, Lee Bowman's put something there. I think we'll have to retweet later on because I can't think enough to read it out. Um, Ash has gone for uh, his offensive talent mark. Mars, his defensive weakness still need to prove that. Same for Ward, though. I think that's talking about Papa Soiree. And uh, mm. um, John has gone, who's also at Rosie, he's gone for the, he's the best wing back we've had since Klein was so on Papa Soiree. And Nick Philpott's gone with Soiree. And the only concern is that when he's pushing on, there's no cover in behind. So that's absolutely right. And um, so that's the general consensus on Soiree. Um, go on, Terence, you've got a bit to say there. 
Yeah, um, when Klein started out, he just used his pace to get himself out of trouble all the time and then eventually learned the positional side of the game. So um, I think it will come for Pat because he's got the pace to get himself out of trouble. So I think the positional side will certainly come for him. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, Klein, for me, was... Um, it, I, the only thing that... The, the major difference between the two for me is that Soiree obviously has that attacking game now um, and, and a really good cross in him. Because I felt that took a while to develop for Klein. But then, yeah. Klein was a lot younger when he got in the Palace side, so that sort of kind of makes makes sense, really, from there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the comparison in, in a lot of ways. But um, Soiree, for me, is just... He's got a great attitude. He just sort of exudes it on the pitch. I like the fact that you know that he's going to be the first one there if there's any bit of trouble. Um, and he wears an amazing hat, let's face it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely necessary, but I like it. Is it a magic hat like AJ? Yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, let's talk Yannick Bellassi. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't wear a hat while playing. Anyway. Um... <laughs> 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 Listen, I've got, a t- I've got a t- only because it's been up for ages. And, and before we, it says uh, it's a guy called Bestie, yeah. uh, Bestie seventy two. Twenty six minutes ago, he, he, he uh, tweeted us and he said, "Evening, chaps. Uh, if much is the answer, then I'm at a total loss to what the question is." Go on. I was gonna, I was gonna sort of finish with that towards the end, but let's let's, let's delve into that now. I've uh, been a big fan of much throughout pre pre season. I think he looks, he's looked a very very different player. But yesterday, I was unsure what was going on exactly because he he was brought on and I assumed he was brought on maybe I was wrong to to get close to Wickham to work the flick-ons that were happening and if he wasn't doing that then he must have been coming on to to add an extra body in midfield and try and break trying to break forward but he got caught between doing any of that and then by the end he was sort of playing within the back four trying to play as a playmaker um, and he just he just seemed he seemed he didn't really know what he was where he was going and what he was doing. Now free that's roll. Yeah, free roll, I guess, Joe. Yeah, maybe, but but I can kind of if you've I got people who roll. you've got people who've already <laughs> you do love a free roll, Pam, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, but if you've got people who already have got a bit of a downer on someone like much, which they have, you know, because because of, of last season, no one quite saw what the point of buying him was or what he was going to bring to the team. But um, he's actually started pretty well. He was he was decent against Norwich. And he said, like I say, he's had a good pre-season, but yesterday did not do him any favours. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I think if you've got two central midfielders on the bench in Jordan Much and Mila Jednak, I, I don't understand why Much would be the first choice to come on. I, I, I agree he played well. He's been good pre-season. He played well against Norwich. But I just think Jednak, especially in that game where you just need to get a hold of it and you need to sort of get in their faces a little bit, Milo would have been absolutely perfect to bring on. I don't think Much did a very good job yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and I don't think I don't think he he should be a starter for us. If I'm being perfectly honest, what did you think about about it tactically, Terence, when Much came on? What what was he supposed to be doing? Yeah, I'd, I'm not really sure. I would I would have preferred to see Jednak come in as Ben just said because then we could have got Kabai further forward, and yeah. his passes can really hurt people up further up the pitch because they just he sees things that I haven't seen Pal- a Palace player see since Lombardo, pretty much, and. That would I felt that would have affected the game a lot more, and Kabai started to tire towards the end of the game. So just having him in that more advanced role and taking that defensive responsibility would allow him to influence the game for much longer. So um, much I don't know. There wasn't. It just seemed to be a lack of intensity from him. He never really yeah. 
he floated the ball in behind a bit too much, you know. I've seen YouTube videos of him with an absolute cannon of a left foot, and we just haven't seen that. There was a couple of times he's 25 yards out from goal, just knock it round your man and have a dig, like do something. But he just sort of was in between doing something and nothing the whole time. Yeah, now you're, you're bang on about the intense, intensity. That was, you know, really starting to wind me up, I think, during the course of the game. And bearing in mind, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jordan Much. I think. He really genuinely will offer something to this team. Um, uh, you know, during the course of this season, we will need him, but not if he plays like that. You know, if you, when you're two-one down, and you know when you've got the ball against Arsenal, you've got to make the most of it, and you need people who, uh, who recognise that fact. And whether he was told to come on the pitch and try and calm it down and just play your game and all that kind of stuff, I don't know what he was told. But whatever, it, whatever happened, whether it was a tactical error or just a, just a poor attitude, something was. Um, Something was off there. Uh, Patrick first, and then a whole bunch of you. Yeah, I mean, Terence and Benson said what I was thinking the whole time. I, I thought that game was crying out for Jenna to come on uh, at any point, but especially at that point. And again, I'm like you, Chris. I have no problem with much, but yesterday he frustrated me. And as did Chung Young Lee, by the way. I think both of them are going to have an issue with the fans. They need a signature moment. They, they need to do something in a game that turns it and wins a game for us because they're both coming on in games or, or in, in, in one case starting a game and they're not, they're not doing anything. And I think that's going to start to grind on people uh, who are watching them play. They, we want something out. We want, we want to see a shot from Lee and get that goal. We want something for, for much and it, we're not seeing it. So again, I don't know what he was put on to do yesterday. He didn't do it, obviously. And I think that um, uh, next time I really hope that... Uh, Pardew looks towards Jednak. I think we, I think we need him on the field a lot more than uh, than uh, Pardew thinks we need him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, who is next? Go on, uh, I'll just go on about job. much. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Ben. Um, do you know what? I think he, I think he, he got in the way or, or um, of, um, of 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 punching. I, I really do. I think they're very much a, a similar people like punching to be coming yeah. from wide into the middle, but we've already got. We've already got there's already two or three players in the middle, you know. It's uh, it's a pretty, I just think if if you're going to bring much on, it, it, it is it's definitely going to be sitting. You know, we're, we're almost got that one 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 where you're playing Wickham up front on his own, then much behind him, and then Kabai behind him. It, it, it almost makes us very very you know narrow. Um, so yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a strange one. But he, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't think he's. I, I, I loved his ethic. I loved his work ethic. He ran his nuts off, you know. And he was. I'm sure he put in a tackle at the very end, or a header at the very end that was quite vital. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think he would definitely. I think he definitely got in the way of punch, and, and it sort of put put us off. You know, it, it sort of stopped us dead in our tracks for for a few minutes. That's a very interesting point, man. I hadn't really thought about that. You're right. It does sort of naturally occupy a space that punching does try and occupy. Uh, quite a lot, particularly you know that that space between the striker and the midfield kind of thing. And but I say I felt he was drifting as well. And I say quite often he ended up by the end he ended up sort of right in, right in the back line trying to. But even then he wasn't knocking the ball forward. You thought we had everyone up, but he was sort of knocking it back or sliding it back to the keeper. It was all a bit weird. Ben, yeah, I made the point that I didn't think he had a very good game. But just to sort of uh, sort of give him a little bit of credit. There won't be a game this season, or, or there may be sort of only one that will come very, very close to being as difficult as that. I, I tweeted at half time; it was breathless that first forty-five minutes. You, you, you sort of couldn't take your eyes off it. There was, it was such a quick pace, and to enter 
the phrase sort of halfway through when other players have had 45 minutes. It's very, very difficult to do. So you sort of you can cut him a little bit of slack because he's come in and everyone else is sort of used to the the pace of the game and he's got to yeah. sort of get get into it. But he, I mean, he is a Premier League footballer. He should be able to do that. But I can I can understand why he struggled because of how quick the pace was and and how difficult Arsenal are to sort of break down. Well, it's funny that you say that. I mean, you sort of talk about how difficult a game it was. Do people? I mean, there was a, there was a lot of strong reaction sort of after the game about people. I can understand frustration, but there were a lot of people analysing it and saying, you know, that they thought we were that poor and all this kind of stuff. And I do wonder whether that's. I think to me, you know, there might be a case to argue that if we go and lose to Villa next week. Um, I think losing that game, there was no real shame in it. We, you know, we were slightly beaten by a what was a, a better team, but the gap had closed considerably between the two teams from from the last few times. And having said that, the last few times we played them, we've been pretty unlucky as well. Uh, Joe, you got some stuff from Twitter? Yeah, I, I just wanted to go back, and we've said it already, but I, I think it was just the two mistakes that cost us yesterday. But then, again, keep going on about it, small margins. Anyway, um, from Twitter, Simon Connolly, uh, Psycon77, said, I'd rather keep Gale as an impact player and sell Yannick Balassi than ask Yoan if he wants to bring any of his mates. <laughs> so, but, I mean, that's, that's the thing. We said, we, you know, if we had Kabai at the club, that we, would, he, would it then signal our intent to sign, you know, better players, yeah. bigger impact players? But, but you know what? As, as bizarre as it sounds... I rather like that call, Simon. I really do. Well, we'll talk about Balassi in, in just well, a second. Yeah, actually. I'm glad yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think there's an interesting point to be made um, in what's been said today. But, uh, Terence, um, you've, uh, you've got the chat room for me before we... Uh, yes, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I'm getting good at this. Robert CPFC is a bit of a mixed opinion on much. Uh, did well in pre-season and at Norwich, but feel people are giving him a hard time for yesterday. And then on the flip side of that, uh, much was poor yesterday. He never got up to the speed of the game. So pretty much covering off what we were talking about. Yeah. We've had so, an absolute ton of contact today, I have to say. But um, thank you to everyone for it. We'll get to as much as we can. Anything else there, Terence? Yeah, are we going to really get off of much without making a pun on his name? Um, I like to because it's, everyone um, likes to do a pun on much, don't they? Well, it just gets a little bit... Nothing. <laughs> It's weak, Gerald. Really weak. Didn't um, do much, did he? Uh, best he's got him for um, 100% agree. Jedi should have been brought on. Kabai pushed forward on the much debate there. Um, not much debate from him. Um, then, um, <laughs> who, 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 should, who should have come off for Jedi? Someone should have come off? Who, who's that? No, not not Jedi, say, Surely Jedi not should have come off. No, when, well, no, Balassi. Balassi. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then what? And then where does, where does Kabai... Goes, goes, and punching goes wide. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Kabai, Kabai moves into the number 10 and right. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. All sorted. Brilliant. All right, done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baz, Bazman83, has gone for uh, much as nothing, just nothing. Steady, plod long player. Better off putting Jednak on, pushing Kabai up. Also agreeing there. Um, and uh, Benchmark uh, was at Ben J. Cliffold. Yeah, I said that brilliantly, didn't I? Um, He's, uh, he's tried to run the space between defence and midfield, but against Arsenal, a better team, he had no space. He's no punch. Bannon's better. There you go. Strong views on Twitter there regarding Jordan Much. Like I say, I think he'll have a fair amount um, to to play in terms of a role this season, personally. But I may be proven incorrect with that one. Uh, let's talk Yannick Balassi before we end this. Um, 
In terms of a performance, I thought it was difficult. In terms of, um, it just makes me speculate that his head's been turned and he's not quite there. What do you think, Terence? Oh, that tweet. That tweet's come up today, isn't it? And there's been a his quotes from what he made earlier in the summer about him thinking it might be the right time to leave have come up. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's all old news. I, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Uh, maybe his hamstring injury held back a transfer, but I just, I just can't see it. I can't see why I'd, we'd want to sign a player like Johan Kabaya and sign players like Connor Wickham and so on, and then sell one of our most influential players from last season. Um, I just... Uh, it, it would look like a step backwards after we've made a few forward. I, I just don't, we don't see the point of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with you there. But I, I'm more, I, I don't think that any for any stretch of imagination, Palace want to sell him. But I do worry that it might be affecting him mentally. He doesn't sh- doesn't like to show anything like that. He always seems to be this, you know, cool, calm, collected character who takes it all in his stride and all that kind of stuff. But I just, it just, I worry again. It might just be the fact that he's not had a proper preseason because of the hamstring injury. But he just looks a little, doesn't look like himself, you know, on the pitch quite yet. But obviously, early days. Joe, what do you think? Joe? Yeah, again, to use that phrase that we've already had, uh, Terence said, I think he's had his head turned. Just, you know, he wasn't smiling yesterday. He just, I don't know. He looked frustrated. You can, you can see the frustration in him. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't his usual. I don't know. I don't know. I just, like I said last time when I had that bit of a rant, you know, if if he's had his head turned, he wants to go. I know I know. Tom's just put in our chat, he said he's not match fit. Well, look, to be honest with you, I, 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 I go to work every day and I'm and I'm work fit-ish. You know, <laughs> these guys are paid to I be, stop pissing it up on a beach and go home and start jogging. If you think, do you know what, the season starts a week early, I might be struggling. So what I'll do, I'll be the professional on 50, 60, 70 grand a week and I'll come back from holiday a week and I'll start, I'll get on a jogging machine or I'll get on my oh. bike or do something. No. None of that, he's not match fit. I can't, no. have, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. It's totally different now, seriously. I mean, he's fit. I mean, if, he's fit, but you could just, I'm saying match fit, the adrenaline you go through when you play in a game is different than just being in shape. He's in shape, but you can tell he's definitely not match fit. I agree with Tom 100%. Watch him yesterday, he's had his hands on his, on his, on his pants a couple of times, on, it, on, his, on his knees. It's not because he's not fit. I mean, he's not, he's, he's not in shape. He just, he's, not, he's not match fit. The game is different. You're playing against Arsenal at that pace. Over here, we're watching a game, and they were saying the game was a 100-mile-per-hour game. It was so fast. Arsenal back, match back fit. Again, they, you know what? They went on that tour. Remember, he's been hurt. You'll forget. He's been hurt. He had the hamstring injury. He hasn't been able to play, Joe. He didn't play, in, he didn't play in South Africa hardly. He played in a couple of uh, preseason friendlies. He did the same thing happened to him last year. He took a while to get into the thing. I think that's it. That's the main thing is he's just not mad fit. I'm not sure well, if he wants all, to leave. With all due respect, we just bought a winger. Get him on. He's fit. I'm pretty he's sure not, he's fit. He's not fit. He's played today in an 21 game. It's the penalty kick. I mean, he's not match fit either. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You've got to be match fit, not just physically fit. And it's a big difference. And I think that's the biggest problem. I, don't, I think if you want to leave, I get what you say about the being head turned. I have no idea if he has head, his head turned. And I don't particularly care. If he wants to leave, he can leave. But my point right now is that he doesn't look like he's match fit. And I think last How week, not having him start... I don't know. He didn't start one match. He starts this match. Came off at half time. Maybe next week he's maybe next week he's ready. I don't know. They're different players are different, but he's not. He's definitely not match fit. I don't. I just. I can see he's not match fit. Yeah. He just uh, not. Lo- lo- last word on this, Terence. Cheers. <laughs> I think them two should get a room. Um, <laughs> 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 the f- um, <laughs> the- <laughs> 
<laughs> tomorrow we're going to see the footage today from the free-free draw in the development game. And apparently Sacco's penalty is horrendous. So the first thing we're going to see him do in a Palace shirt... Worse some punches. <laughs> it apparently just like tries to dink it down the middle and it goes about 14 foot over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so let's start with man of the matches then uh, to finish this uh, review off. Uh, Benjamin, you've been sitting there quietly for a while, and uh, let's let's have your your thoughts on the best performers and who you're picking as man of the match. Uh, for me, it's got to be between uh, Suarez and Kabay. Um I thought, uh, you know, far and above. actually, I suppose McCarthy as well, but I'm going to have to pick one. I'd have to go Kabay. I know you're. That's no surprise at all. No, I just think, yeah, uh, again, he was sort of spot on. He, he didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, as Terence said earlier, 94% pass completion. Um, he just, and as Patrick said, he's everywhere. So we've sort of said it all before. He's he's uh, a cut above and, and yeah, he was my man of the match. Yeah. And hopefully more. Uh, Joe, <laughs> who was your man of if the he match? Has a, by the way, if he has a bad game, he's going to still be my man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, who was your, your standout performer? Lee Mason. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought Santi Cazula was just was unbelievable for them. Ozzy yeah. was better. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there are various different. You can go on. A, Do I have to pick one of ours? TV. Oh, MacArthur. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. There McArthur you go. I'll take that. Good. That's a good shout. He's he's a good player. Key moments in the game, clearing one off the line, and just yeah, setting up the goal. Good stuff. Terence, what do you reckon? Yeah, I thought it was a bit much when Lee Mason got on the Arsenal team coach to go home at the end of the game. <laughs> um, uh, the, the goalkeeper in me makes me go for Alex McCarthy. I thought he kept us in the game and allowed us to be in it right until the end. So I'm going to go Alex McCarthy. Interesting stuff. Patrick? I actually thought Zaha had a, had a decent match. Um, he held on the ball a couple of times late where he could have put some crosses in. I thought he played well. MacArthur and McCarthy are both great. But I'm going to go with Ben and say goodbye because goodbye is a different, different class. You said you were going to go for me. Yeah, I got for Ben Nagel. It was brilliant <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, I've got, it's a difficult one for me. Um, Kabai was, was a standout performer. I certainly agree with that. MacArthur, excellent. Uh, Scott Dan, really good. Um, but I'm going to go with Papa Soiree. It's probably my favourite um, favorite performance of the day. Um, I just, yeah. Are you going to sing the song? No. Do you going to give it? One second. It? One second. Is it Papa Swaway or Pap Swaway? It's probably so, Pap, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, it's I don't Pap. really know, seriously. Oh, you know, right. So, Chris Grierson tweeted this earlier. It's, right. uh, it's Pap Swaway, according to the player, but apparently all of the coaching staff and the players call him Papa Swaway. Oh, okay. Yeah. That means you can sing the Madonna song, Paparazzi. It's uh, Lady Gaga, I think. Sorry. Is it? Lady yeah, Gaga. Don't preach. Papa ah. Don't Preach, wasn't it? Papa Don't oh, Preach. Do you want a rendi- do you want a rendition of it? Yeah, could you can I hear it? Yeah. Are you going to sing it? Um, your biggest fan, I'll follow you until you love me, Papa, Papa Soiree. I love it! And then Ben will not be invited back for a long, long time after. That is that. brilliant. It's a good song, but come on. This, <laughs> I'm starting it against uh, Villa on Saturday. I'm just going to stand up on my chair. I think I think that's why Millwall fans call us Nigels. <laughs> <laughs> to be, uh, can I clarify? I didn't make that. Up. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, it's, it's an amazing no. song. You know. Ben, I like words. I don't know. Um, Joe, can, do you know who Lady Gaga is, mate? I don't know the point, James. Played basketball for the Cavaliers, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> the the centre. She got like extra bits. I've heard something like that in the paper. <laughs> 
I'm not even going to bother trying to censor that. Um, so, yeah, for me, I did tweet after the game. I thought the only consolation from the game is just how much we um, we closed the gap on Arsenal, considering that was their response after a you know really poor outing in the in the first game of the season. We haven't we closed the gap at all. We lost two ones from last year. Shut up, Joe. That, that was their cup final, Joe. <laughs> what are you joking about? Yeah. yeah. I thought we were very unlucky not to get at least a, a point out of that game, um, even though I do think. In all fairness, Arsenal were the better side and just showed a bit more quality than Palace. So, moving it on, um, that's that's what I thought. Let's find out what some of you thought in four-word reviews. Lee Mason, Lee Mason, Arsenal legend. Hashtag four-word reviews. I'm not going to say the hashtag. Greg Ross at Greg Ross one. Wardy hit the target. Lucy at Juicy Lucy underscores and X's. 36 games left. Ben Allen at Ben Allen 2208. Ref bottled big decision. Tony G at Tony underscore G. Wrong lineup, wrong tactics. Jordan Powell at Mr. JP13. Kabai is something special. Bristol Palace at Bristol underscore Palace. Sign a centre back. My mate, Carl Mortmer, at Carl MSX. Lee Mason loves Cockerland. <laughs> That's not what it says. <laughs> I'm not saying what it says. Oh, you're a good man, Patrick. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. Why not air your own opinion with the team? Call 0208 1234 098 and join us live. Palace entertains shrews and sky blues. Plus, it's Dwight Gale on the move. News in brief. Tickets for Palace's home match against Manchester City on Saturday, September 12th are now on sale. The match is a category A and priced accordingly, which is probably way too much. Full details can be found on the official cpfc.co.uk website. The draw for the Capital One Cup second round took place last week, seeing Palace drawn at home against League One side Shrewsbury Town. Palace will look to overcome their traditional bogey side and look for the first win against the Shrews since 1985. The match will take place on August 25th and full details are again on the club's website. Dwight Gale is believed to have turned down a move to Bristol City after paper reports emerged last week of an offer by the West Country Club. Despite a fee allegedly being agreed between around the £8 million mark, manager Steve Cotterell told the press that the Eagle striker had turned down the opportunity to join the scrumpy drinking club. Ben, just so you know, I say Shrewsbury, not Shrewsbury. In other news, former Falkirk striker Botty B.O.B. is signed for Swansea City. <laughs> Botty was personally discovered by Hull Radio's Albert Curley who had this reaction to the Swans signing. And I can't believe this. I mean, Andy Gray, Bobby Bowery, all they've got to do is just name any old player so they sit down kicking footballs in some f***ing park, you know, or some side centre in some f***ing South London or something. That f***ing perishing guy, they're f***ing signing up. You know, they're just... They're just Welcome with open arms. I scout talent is Kilmarnock of all places. Bobby B. I mean, he's called Bobby B. 
how much, but what more do you need to know than to sign a player with a name like Bossy B and B? Just a marketing, marketing opportunities. Fantastic. The shirt prints have been fucking with. And what happens? Do I get any thanks for it? No. Swallows well fucking taps. Team in there and getting fed. I mean, are we Premier League or not? I mean. And don't forget, you can keep up with all the latest news during the week. Visit hltco.org. How much is he paying? Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. <laughs> oh, we, hadn't, oh we hadn't heard that until then. That was, uh, Brilliant. Thank you, Albert, for your oh contribution to the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid we've got to come down from uh, from that hilarity. We want to talk a little bit about um, the situation with regards to the Homestyle Fanatics display. It's obviously got quite a lot of uh, coverage on the uh, on the social media and that. Oh, I'm starting to sound really old. I've got to sort this out. Um, on Terrence, medias. on the social media, on your Twitters, on uh, your Facebooks and your MySpace. Um, Terence, you you obviously tweeted quite a lot about this um, pretty much straight after the game. So, can you sort of set the scene for us a little bit and let us know your thoughts? Um, so, uh, Sky Sports love to use our fans um, in all of their montages that they put together throughout the season, bouncing around our displays we put up. Uh, the centerpiece of the display was not shown this week because a Sky cameraman was in the way. And several stewards put it upon themselves to wade in and hold people back from trying to just put a little banner over the middle part of the homestyle. Now everyone will disagree with me. Go. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to... Well, I mean, first, first of all, it should say that Steve, Steve Browett's commented on the BBS saying, essentially, that it seems to have been a communication breakdown that, um, you know, that they thought that there was going to be a two-part banner and it would leave the, you know, the cameraman out of it or whatever but um it was really disappointing to see that i mean obviously a lot of work went, went into that for a start um it's really disappointing to see and like i can see both sides of it straight away because you know wherever, wherever anyone everyone's got different opinions on the hf and you know i you do know how much effort that they put in week in week out and you, you know i do feel i do feel sorry for them definitely uh, but i also feel that the club's never gonna never gonna be in an easy position to try and pick fans over Sky, are they? Do you know what I mean? It, you think about the amount of money that it's worth now, and it's all it's easy for us as, as fans to sit there and go, "Well, you should prioritise the fans over Sky." You know, the money's just the money, but but you know, we don't have to live in that environment, do we? So you know, I'm sitting on the fence a little bit with those comments. Um, Jill, come on, you you, you want to go first? Oh, right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, firstly, you know, it's you're up against Sky, and it's, it's simply you're never, ever going to win. Um, the stewards are only told what to do, so you can't ever go to the stewards. Um, they're told by obviously the main control, wherever their security is. Um, so we can't ever dig at those. Um, the other thing as well is that you know. You hear a lot of stuff on Twitter about, you know, people saying this and people, I saw some bloke do this, but, you know, there was fisticuffs there. Mm-hmm. And the, the, no matter how big the HF think they are within our club, they are not bigger than football itself. Now, there's a couple of things that could have happened. Someone quickly could have just torn that down, down the middle and it would have yeah. looked, because it could have got someone down the bottom to hold it and it wouldn't have looked hardly any different. 
right. The other the other thing I heard, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. It's just what I read was that they were given the option to actually pull their banner upwards, not drape it downwards, and they 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 decided to to take the other option, which in the end was never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> You're caught between a rock and an hard place, the HF, because, you know, like I said, they get a lot of sway within the club, but you don't get sway outside of the club. And Sky, it's not no prisons off anyone. They don't care about us. They don't care. They love, they're going to have to put montages together because it makes them look good. Yeah. But, you know, the, the more, the other thing as well is I do remember there's been two demos. What was it they sung? That silly song they sung and stuck it on the internet about Sky? Sometimes you do things, it comes back and it bites you. Yeah. Uh, Go on, Terence. No, I, I'm not sure it's got anything to do with that. I just don't see the problem with how one cameraman who has an accessible gate behind him can't just walk out and stand out away for 90 seconds, two minutes at absolute tops to do something that to create an image that Sky Sports will use for the rest of the season. It just seems counterproductive to that. that so, 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 what do they do, so what do they do then, Till? When, they, when, they, when they, the cop go, see what, mate, can you move out of the way while we do this? Every, it, we, you can't start. So you set a precedent, you go, you can't do that, and it's as simple as that. Then no one can do it. But if next week someone sees a cameraman moving or a cameraman ducking down, and, it's, and that happens, then you can say something. But you can't, you can't just do what you want. You know, they've pretty much been able to do what they want with it with the help of the club, and they've been very good at doing what they do most of the time. But you can't, you just can't ride roughshod over. Listen, five point five billion quid is a lot more than a than a than a, a, a display. I'm sorry, but they, you know, if they, if Sky say no, then it's no. I don't know, but that's what I, I'll go and watch Crystal Palace if we're playing in the Conference South. If I'm honest, the money doesn't mean anything to me. The standard of opposition with doesn't mean anything to me. At the end of the day, I'll go to football for the fans, and I don't care about the money. And at the end of the day, how has it got to that situation where just as they're about to unveil the display, it's all kicking off? Then where was the communication beforehand? I know Browett has said in the message that the stadium safety guy is adamant that he told them. Well, there's clearly been a communication breakdown. How have they got to where they were going and all of a sudden they're available to put it down and then the stewards are piling in after they're already there to throw it over? There's been a massive breakdown in communication and it looked like, from where I was standing and from what I've heard, is that it got handled quite badly. Yeah, can I, um, I just jump in okay. really quickly here? Yeah. Um, I was right underneath it, so I'm sort of block D. I was, right, I was looking up at it and I promise you it was absolute carnage up there. The, the, as you say, Terence, there was, must have been some sort of breakdown in communication. It was, it was honestly dangerous. Somebody was nearly toppled over the top of that barrier. Uh, it, it was just insane. The, the sort of stewards were, you know, they piled in, they were pulling the banner back, and obviously the HF are desperate to get it over. Uh, it could have been so, so bad what happened up there, and it's lucky that nobody got injured. And it's H, not H. Uh, well, um, you've completely deba- debunked my... I, won't, I just won't have it. I won't have it. But, but, but that's, see, that's the thing as well, is that what we're now talking about is something that, that generally gets, gets praise, and now, and now it becomes a, a focal point and a talking point that everything about it is just, it's just, it just devalues the whole situation. We've got our security fighting our fans in our grounds, inside our grounds. It just, it, it sometimes, you know, you know that, so we, you know, we said that, that 
certain parts of this club, we take a step forward or two steps forward and then three steps back. You, you, you can't. I, I don't know. I, I just feel. I just, I just, I just feel that that, like you say, if if Brow is apologised or or he's turned around and said there was a breakdown in communications, then that's what we just have to accept. Yeah. But you know, the other thing about it is, I don't think everyone saw that sign. Do they? So I'm sure they can just use it again. Just cut it in half. Just do the sensible thing. Or the other thing is, you stick it up there at the at the Shrewsbury Shrewsbury game, whatever it is, because there's only going to be about 800 people in the Homestead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, look, for me, it's, it's a really easy one. This that if if everyone looks at it, he was involved and says, "Okay, look, that went wrong. Let's learn a lesson." So for next time, we'll make sure this happens. We'll make sure that happens. And I don't just mean the HF. I mean the club as well. Right. Kind of, okay, we haven't handled this correctly, have we? You know, because. We, we tried our best, but somewhere along the line, someone hasn't done what they should have done, you know. And rather than just, you know, try and rather than no witch, we don't want to witch hunt on, on the HF. And we don't want to blame it all on the club. And we don't want to certainly, on, you know, you don't want to blame it all on Sky because who knows what involvement they actually had. But let's just hope that all the parties involved go, okay, well, that didn't work. What do we do next time? And talk about it properly rather than flying off the handle. And what I really don't like to see, and I don't know who, you know, who caused the first bit of aggression whether it was the stewards or the hf and it's you know whatever happens you don't do that you don't fight your own fans and you don't fight your own stewards uh, particularly when you're on a second tier of a stand because you know someone could as ben was pointing out someone could get really badly hurt doing that and you do not want to go home knowing that your actions meant that someone yeah, London ambulance. you know yeah well exactly but you know if, if some if some kid goes home and you know, some kid doesn't go home to his parents or whatever. You know, is it really worth it? But anyway, Terence, you want to make a final point? Yeah, um, the stewards were quick to wade in onto the HF, but they were nowhere to be seen when Arsenal fans were celebrating and aggravating Palace fans in the home end. Absolutely nowhere to be seen. So, yeah, I saw a tweet uh, on that. I think it was you, probably. I, I saw people, people were going to stewards and complaining. I was speaking to them after. They were going to stewards and complaining, and the stewards are threatening to throw them out. And I can take that word for that because Liverpool last season, I went to a steward and I said, there's two Liverpool fans in my row who are celebrating <coughs> the Liverpool score. And he said to me, well, what's your problem? I was like, well, it's the home end. They shouldn't be in here. And it's getting aggravated and people arguing. He goes, well, if anyone does anything to them, we're throwing them out. And I'm like, well, no, you should be coming and removing them from the situation so it doesn't happen. And exactly. That's uh, going to depend on the steward, though, because I was at the, uh, uh, in the cup game. Um, against Liverpool, there was two scousers in the in the uh, in our ends, and they were pointed out, and they were kicked out. Yeah, so, I, I think from what from what I can tell, every time I hear stuff about the Arthur Weight, there's a lot more sensible stewarding going on in the Arthur Weight than there is in the Homesdale. I think there's a very very different mindset of the stewards. I think the stewards who are in the Homesdale are there because they have to be more brawn because they perceive that they're dealing with a big threat with a HF. Where in the Arthur Weight they don't have that issue, so they tend to be a bit more sensible about things. But away fans get ignored in the Homesdale, and it's eventually something bad's going to happen. There's uh, there's a ton of them in the in the Arthur as well, uh, particularly on the sort. There's a very much a touristy thing going on with some of the tickets in the Arthur. You have to say, and that, and that would be Sky selling a certain amount of t- you know, taking tickets or or you know selling tickets. We were always Sky told, or, or touts or whatever. But yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, there is a certain amount that just gets out and goes to to you know Premier League tourists. And I'm not I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it's a, yeah you have yeah. But I'm not necessarily saying it's a terrible thing to have a 
tourists in a football ground, but it's it, it you do worry, don't you? You do worry when it's a, an away fan tourist. I told you, you know? last year when I had my season tickets, the two, the two, two or three seats to the right of me, they were they were obviously owned by you know someone just used them as corporate for his company because I never sat next to the to the same people through the whole season, and at the Chelsea game, I had a fella. He was he was itching to stand up when they had chances. And I just turned around and said to him, said, you, if you score and you stand up, I said, you won't you stand up alone? And he just sat there, but he filmed almost the whole game on his mobile. You know, just, and that's what you're going to get. And the other thing as well, you're going to get Palace fans that can't go, that have got Arsenal mates. You know, I've got, I've got mates that, I offered my son's ticket last year to my mate who's a massive Sunderland fan. And he doesn't get to go, go again. And I said, come if you score, you stand up, you clap, you sit down. That's it. Everyone knows those rules, don't they? It's like exactly. But what I'm saying is, how many people? I know loads of gooners. There must be loads of people that took their mates or gave their tickets because they couldn't go. We just got to suffer it, you know. Three, four years ago, mate, we had thirteen thousand people in there. Now we get twenty-five thousand people. Everyone's rucking about it. Uh, I know where you're coming from, but you know you you do. Well, you just hate the. I hate the idea personally that there's a Palace fan who can't get himself a, a ticket, you know, with his mates because there's a you know Arsenal fan in it or whatever. But there you go. Um, I certainly, I certainly on Terence's side in terms of having having a group in the home end celebrating is just it's just not on, you know. And the, the steward should be aware of that rather than telling people to go and sit down or threatening to chuck out home fans for complaining. You just there's. You know, there's there's an effort. Just video it, don't you? Video it and just send it to the club. Video the, you know, these stewards, they're all camered up now. Video the steward. So go video, get your mates a video, you going up there and saying, and if he can't do his job, he'll get kicked out. (laughs) I videoed a steward at Fulham. She didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, no, but you were doing doing something on that. (laughs) You <laughs> was, up, was up, up using your periscope, weren't you? I per- periscoped the game, and in the 85th minute, she come and told me that you can't do that. And I was like, I, I'm, sh- I'm streaming it. I, I'm, I'm not doing anything illegal. And she went off, and she came back. And then in front of 600-odd people, she had to tell the world why they couldn't watch the game anymore. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was good fun. <laughs> yes, um, so, look, we've had, we've had our say on that a bit. You know, obviously, it's a difficult situation with... You know, regards to that display, and I hope something gets sorted on that. Uh, we were due to have the 25-man squad feature. We're going to roll that over to next week for you. Uh, so get your votes in for goalkeepers. A lot of support for Nigel Martin at the moment, obviously. Uh, Julian's been fairly quiet, so uh, maybe some people want to get in on that. Do tweet us at HOL Radio, or you know, you can go to holradio.net forward slash contact and let us know your choices um, for the 25-man squad goalkeeper position for next week. Um, we just got too excited this week. Go on, good job. Sorry, just um, we've got Robert CPFC in the chat, and he said, um, oh, Ben, please don't sing on here again. <laughs> don't worry, I won't. Dis- disagree. Disagree, Ben. <laughs> week. Um, I just want a quick oh, mention of our uh, fantasy football. Oh, go on, Ben, you were going to explain something. I was something just saying, I'm going to sing a new song every week. I'm just going to create them. Thank yeah. you. Give you a I'll join in. I'll join in. New feature. Thanks, yeah, Ben's sing. Ben we'll leave sing. it towards we'll leave it towards the end of the show, and then accidentally not include it on the podcast. <laughs> and everyone's already turned up. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're running the fantasy football. Um, oh God! It's not this week. It's, well, you're all right. You're all right this week. <laughs> yes. How are you not? Um, Am I not? So to give it some context. Um, well, 
at the bottom is uh, is Edward <laughs> Moylan. Sorry, Edward, but didn't mean to bring this up. But uh, you're, you're bottom. But you are on the exact same points as Nick Gillard <laughs> <laughs> of his parish. 36 points. All right. Um, really? Come on. So uh, that's in 95th and 96th position there. So if you go up to, let's pick a few out, 78th no. position is uh, Where's My Dinner, Jill Holyoke. That's <laughs> 55 <laughs> points in there. Uh, above, uh, a full nine places above him is a certain Chris Hambling. Yeah, Hambo team, fifty-eight points. Um, just sixty sixtieth is Tav, producer Tav, or with his underdogs team. Let's see, fifty-seven um, oh, is Albert. Fifty-second uh, is Alex White. Twenty-ninth is Alex Penge. And the top three, we haven't got. I haven't got any of Tom or any. I haven't got anyone else. I haven't got Patrick's in there or anything at the moment. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'm all right. I'm good. Well, yeah, you've not been doing so well, have you, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> well, but let's, uh, let's give the top three in ascending order. In third place is John Munnerly, 98 points, with Deepay's Tuna Canoe. I'm sure that's rude. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Martin Calero <laughs> in second place with La Palais de Cristal, 100 points. Oh, and like leading the nice. way, leading the way is, and this is definitely Say. not why we've got a, on the show at all. Leading the way is Lucy White with her team Delaney's Donkeys, and they're on 100, 112 points. No, oh. we didn't just Lucy, long, but well done, Lucy. Uh, hundred and twelve at the moment, so just that's just that's a, that's a long way ahead of us, Joe. <laughs> um, why did we just have the sound of loads of paper being screwed up? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Or a Snickers. Yeah. These days. As Lucy said, 36 more games to go. 36 more games to go. Exactly. Anyway, well done to everyone playing that. Um, at some point, Tom will tweet out the code because I'm going to make him go and find it because I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so lo- last word for the show, guys. Obviously, Villa next week. What do we want to see different? I'll start with you, Ben. Anything different for you? Um... Shall I come back to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the team, um, and I think that if we play the same way, we'll beat Villa. All right, Joe? Uh, I, I want to see Murray back in. For Wickham? Uh, yes. Yeah. Terence? Yes. Um, I refuse to talk about Villa on the grounds that I'm missing it. The first game I'm missing since oh. 2010. Where are you <laughs> going? Is it- I'm going to a wedding in Who's Germany. wedding? It's my missus' best mates. So he's, not even, so he's not even one of your mates? Come on, oh. that's not family or... Jesus. That is, <laughs> oh, mate, more important, on. Terence. Don't listen to them. I was told in no uncertain <laughs> terms. Exactly. <laughs> she was going to do the off if you didn't she, go. Yeah, shit. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> right, that is enough of the sound effects, please. <laughs> She gave you an ultimatum. Nah, she didn't give me an ultimatum. She just told me she'd be very disappointed, and I think that translates to no sex for six months. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hands. Hands. So, Patrick, Hands. do you want to see any changes? Well, honestly, Chris, if you asked me this yesterday, I would have said complete changes, but I thought about it, and I'd like to see the exact same lineup go out um, because I think I, I like what the potential of the lineup is. If not, I would love to see Jedi in for maybe Balassi. That'll be a okay. change. I'll, I'll go along with that. If there's, yeah, uh, yeah. If I was going to make a change, it would be to accommodate Jednak, but I don't think right. we're going to need him against Villa myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not. I'm writing off. I'm not writing Villa off. By the way, you know, why do you keep real... saying that? 
Gel, where's he going to play? He'll play where in front of the back four and we'll move punching out wide. Why do you keep doing that? It's funny or something. You don't like Jedi, do you? Jeez. I think we've, I think we've, I think we've yeah. outgrown him. I think we've okay. outhoofed him. <laughs> when, 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 when Punchin's getting in, uh, Jednak's getting in the team, uh, Punchin's getting in the team over Jednak for Gel, we, um, we know exactly. something's going wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> oh, there we go. Listen, thank you very much for listening, everyone, today. Cheers to Mikey, who's in the background, to Tom for producing. Thanks, Patrick, Terrence, Ben, and Joe. And also thank you to Albert for, for chipping in. Uh, much appreciate all the contact today. There was absolutely tons of it. That's great to, great to have. And um, we'll be back next week, back to our regular time, 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.